What's up? It's the publisher here, Mr. Kelly Cole. And if you want to keep it official like a referee with a whistle, lock into MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Out of adversity and trauma, challenges and hardship, from the streets of Kansas City, a shoe company was born. Birth from the desire to serve others and provide high quality cleats and sneakers at an affordable price, we present to you, Ozell Brand. It's not just a brand, it's a lifestyle. Order now at ozellbrand.com. Yo, 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 what's up, good peoples? Y'all miss me? I miss y'all, man. I miss y'all. I've been off campus, you know, doing different recruiting, you know, trying to get, get more uh, <clears throat> more people to join the roster. But, you know, I'm back. MVPJT is back, man. Another episode of MVP University. But before I get started with anything, I got to give it up to my main man, Professor, man. He held it down for your boy while I was out, man, you know, taking care of some stuff. But, hey, he still gave you a good quality show. And that's what y'all get from us. Week in, week out, you know, it's it's, it's technically our off season in a sense, but we going we going to chime in on different things tonight, man. We going we going to chat it up, you know. So, first off, you see you see what I'm rocking? <clears throat> Move my mic for a second. You know, not the same. Appreciate the gear, you know. Uh shout out to the team, the MTMV Sports team, man. Everyone, the voice, uh, Rick Sincere, you know, the full 94 crew, uh, sports talk with C, uh, the V report, man. Y'all check out, check out the whole team, man. We give y'all good quality content week in, week out. But you know, we're here, MVP University episode 24. We're gonna just chat, we're gonna just chat, and it's a lot of stuff we can chat about. Uh, we got some stuff on the agenda tonight, you know, to just give you guys some, um, Cooler talking points, you know, just just give you guys some insight on what we think. Y'all can chime in with us in the comments below. Um, but enough of me rambling, man. Professor, how you doing, man? Man, I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's so funny, man. College football trying to be like the NFL, mm-hmm. man. Trying to trying to trying to have this year long calendar because man, it's March coming up, man. And you know, you live in Florida, man. The Florida school is about to start spring ball in in the next couple weeks so it's, it's back on um hey we ain't started uh do, sending out acceptance letter but i guarantee you you will be accepted you will be on the yeah. dean's list crispy we are always looking for custodians at mvp university <laughs> not custodians <laughs> but man so so you know spring ball gonna get started yeah. and and before we get started with our topics man i I'm going to do a quick pivot. You know, this is something that I know we didn't discuss pre-show, mm-hmm. but I, I just want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. This, this, every, everything that's going on with the university of Alabama basketball right now. Yeah. What's your thoughts? So, okay. So actually <laughs> I thought about a philosophy course that I took when I was in college and we, um, we, we, we had to read Socrates and, and one of the things that we read was um, he who sells a knife to a murderer is equally as guilty as the murderer. But now, I, based on what I've read, um, Miller, the young, I guess he had Darius Miles Jr., no relation to Darius Miles from East St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, according to what I read, it seemed as if he didn't know 
what Darius was going to do with his gun. The issue was he had he had left the gun either at the yeah at the back in the back seat. He texted and said, "Hey, can you bring me my gun? I left it in your back seat." The the exact text from what I've read said, "Bring me my joint." So I mean, but they you know they southern country you know yeah yeah. But 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 here's my thing with that. Okay. So we were discussing this in, in the group chat today. If you first off, why would your friend text you to say, "Bring me my joint," and you don't ask no questions? Because it ain't mine. But but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you you want your gun now? Why? I mean, so 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 so. If you look at the whole picture, so the question then, how long was the gun on the back seat? True, true. <clears throat> so I, I think that's the question. How long was the gun on the back seat? If it if it had been there for a day or two, hey man, bring my joint. I forgot on your back seat. Can I can I get it? Yeah. Um, I haven't seen anything. I'm not saying there is or isn't. I have not seen anything that indicates. That he knew what that young man was gonna do with that gun. Now, I don't want to get all political and whatnot, but how these two guys this young um get a gun legally get a gun. True, that's fast. And, and something else I was thinking too. Okay, so right now he Brandon Miller, a great freshman, a potential top five pick in the NBA draft. Bro yeah. dropped 41 last night. Yeah, he did. Game winner shot, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Right now, he he's he's cooperating with the law, and they're saying that you know he's no witness. My thing is, how would this impact his draft stock? I hope he's not. I hope he's not vilified because I think there's a larger discussion mm-hmm. when you look at this situation. They the 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 investigators so far has not found any substantive proof that he knew what Darius Miles was going to do with his firearm. This is true, cause cause from what I read, the the the, the string of text messages, from what they from what they you know confiscated doesn't really say like I'm gonna go kill someone. It just asking him a question. You know what I'm saying? It, it just I hate that it it, it comes down to this because this kid is really it, he's really innocent. Like he hasn't done anything, but the how the law persuades it and how the law could potentially turn against him. Uh, what's um associated association to a crime? Yeah, I mean, but I, I, how can he be an accessory if you can't find evidence that he knew what was gonna happen? Like it would be different if the text message said, "Hey, I'm about to go get somebody, bring my joint." That's not the same thing as "Hey, bring my joint." It's not the same thing. Yeah, there's a difference between "Hey, I'm, I need to go get somebody." Come bring me my gun, and <clears throat> hey, bring me my gun. But and, and and I'm sorry. How different would this discussion be if they were both white? Speak, speak, professor. Because I mean, we're we're talking about a state that has lax gun laws, mm-hmm. so it's easy to access firearms in the state of Alabama. Um, and I don't even know if both of those young men are from the state. But that that causes into question something else. If they're not from the state, how is it so easy for them to access firearm in that state? Exactly. You know, so I think you have those two questions. And in in my opinion, listen, loss of life is is tragic. Murder's even worse. But if he had his friend's firearm in his car and his friend texted him to bring him the gun, there's no reason to accuse that young man of being an accessory <clears throat> when he had no idea what that what Darius Miles Jr. was going to do with the firearm. Maybe they should try that. Maybe. They, maybe they should try that. 
And, and, and my thing, and my thing is, if you are saying in this instance that ignorance is not a defense, then you are making an assumption that the only reason that young black man wanted to get his firearm back, which for once again, from what I've read, I haven't seen that he was not legally licensed to carry this firearm. And I kind of have a feeling if that was a case that would have been brought up. Yeah. Um, but how, it, how, because he, what isn't Darius Miles 18, 19? Yeah. And in most states, most, most state, most, uh, states with more lax gun laws, you only have to be 18. But but here's another thing though that I was thinking about as well. They stay on campus. So so if this gun was on campus, now you're breaking another law. Because if I'm not mistaken, most campuses, if you're not a, a an official or a licensed carrier, you can't have a, a firearm on campus. So now it's more, it's deeper than what we're was was being mm-hmm. given to the public. You know what I'm saying? And Brandon Miller's a baller. Like, bro is a baller. And and, and thinking of how, you know, <clears throat> the the draft, you know, uh process goes, they're going to question that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like like this this one move, I'm not saying that it, it will, but this one move could potentially cost him a millions. It could. It could, and he would he wouldn't make it back. I mean, depending on how well he does that that, that rookie deal, he, he'd have to make it back in a second contract. Yeah, but or, or endorsements. Is, but my thing is if if he's if he's let's say he comes out this year. Oh, he's coming out. He yeah, and he should. But um, and and he's in that interview, and they said, Well, did you know? He says, No, nah, I didn't know. Darius and I are friends. We were driving to the Piggly Wiggly or whatever shopping center that you got in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> he he put his he put it on the back seat on a Wednesday. He called me on Friday, said, Hey man, bring my joint. I'm like, man, it has been back there in two for two days. So I drove and gave it to him and I went back home. Yeah. I mean, at that point, what do you say? Because if he's legally able to carry the firearm, um, and once again, Alabama is doesn't have as stringent gun laws as say like California. Mm-hmm. And he can carry it. I was just bringing him his gun back. He didn't tell me what he was going to do with it. It was his gun. He's had it. It wasn't like, you know, he purchased it that day or anything. If, it, if, if these things don't come out and it just simply is a case of it was his, I gave it back to him and he went and did this, then there's no liability there. Yeah. And, and at some point we, we can't, we got to go past the court of public opinion on this. So, so I'm curious to see what what else comes out about this. Okay, yeah, just in not, case, just in case people forgot he was good at basketball, he let everybody know that a couple nights ago. Last night, last night. <laughs> and and you know this is you know we 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 don't we are not trying to to be on this topic long, but you know it's a good segue since we're talking about Alabama. We're going to discuss you know a burning question, you know pertaining to Alabama football. So so. You called it Tummy Reese, you know, the new OC at Alabama. I'm just gonna ask you, I'm just gonna ask you the question. Mm-hmm. Will he bring a high power offense to Alabama? Yes. Yes. Um, does, does he have the, the weapons to bring the high power offense to Alabama? I'll tell you this the weapons he got at Alabama are better than the ones he had at Notre Dame. I think what you'll see, so so Reese Reese spent some time in the league before he went back to Notre Dame as a coach. I think you'll see, and I, and I want to say he was in San Diego when Vance Joseph was in San Diego. So, so I, that's one one of the three stops I believe he made in the league. I think what you're going to see out of Alabama is you'll see more of those pro-style concepts with Reese. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but because 
he spent time at Notre Dame, there are really three expectations that I have of this offense. I think first, um, whoever plays quarterback, and I don't want to get out of the way because I know this is one of the other questions, um, he knows how to coach and game plan around a dual-threat quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll add, he'll continue to add the tight end element because they went and got Maryland's tight end who was pretty good. Um, but more than anything, I expect them to up the ante on in the trenches because if there's been any issue with Alabama, maybe the last two or three years, they've had a very <clears throat> mediocre offensive line. Those yeah. are the three things I, I expect to see out of Alabama with Tommy Reese's offensive coordinator. So 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 you expect a more a more so of a pro style offense? Yeah. I, and and I know they did a lot of pro style stuff with Bill O'Brien, but I think you may see a little bit more of 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 uh, um a run based offense mm-hmm. kind of than what you've seen. Um, which I know Nick Saban will like that. Um, and then keep in mind, Reese apparently was not the top choice. The number one choice was uh, office, Washington's offensive coordinator. Um, and, I, and I cannot remember his, his name right now, so I'm doing some very bad podcasting. And uh, looking it up on my phone. Oh, Ryan Grubb. Okay, so they were going after Ryan Grubb, and Grubb was like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'm. I, I got too much of this big Penix energy. I'm going back um, to Seattle." So he's back at Washington. I, Reese was the, was the next man up. Um. So I do. I, I I think I think that Alabama should be more physical in the trenches, and it's not like they haven't recruited well there. They they have a O line room full of blue chippers. Yeah. So, but speaking of the trenches, so you know they got a new guy on defense, Mister Steele. Were you shocked by that? Um. Yes and no. Uh, one of the reasons I wasn't, I knew there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of buzz around Jeremy Pruitt, but there may be some probation show call stuff from the pending issues that he had leaving when he left Tennessee. So even if he wanted the job, there might've been some issues with him actually being able to take the job. Um, But Kevin Steele, good move. You think about this from two perspectives. Number one, Kevin Steele was one of the first D coordinators to really understand how to slow down the high tempo spread offenses at Auburn. I think <laughs> my man, I think the second thing with Kevin Steele, just look at his track record at Auburn. You know, the man can recruit the trenches, which he's going to have to do because mm-hmm. they are replacing nine starters on defense, including, including Will Anderson. Um, so, so I and and he he knows how to coach defense. Defense has been solid every place he went. It weren't great at Miami last season. A lot of that was injuries and personnel, but he's he's a solid veteran guy who knows how to coach. Um, and outside of Pruitt, and and maybe I mean, like maybe you could have thought maybe you go get Jim Leonard, but I just don't know if Jim Leonard can recruit in the SEC. Because of the way they recruited at Wisconsin, yeah, you know it's a snake pit <clears throat> down there. But he, but here's my question, my 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 segment on that as well. So, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, first year in the system. Are you, are we expecting Alabama to be Alabama, or are we expecting a? I'm not gonna say a, a slight drop off, but a better than last year record. Like like would would they be back to the point where they're going to be a potential playoff? Okay, as long as it's safe that they're going to be in the top five. Yes. 
You know what I'm saying? But are are they going with the new offensive coordinator, the new defensive coordinator? Can we sit sit here right now and say, okay, they're going to come and implement that system and they're going to be a top four team in the playoff next year? That's a good question. And I don't want to take the long way around, but I want to mention something. Because you because you you've, you mentioned new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. And I'm gonna write about this. I just haven't really figured out how I want to approach it. It's hard to to know when the time is up for a college football dynasty. Mm-hmm. Now, USC, all the NCAA stuff went down on them. That's that's really what, what killed them. But I think about Florida State. And really, we didn't see it in real time, but when, when, when Bobby Bowden kind of lost his magic, the, the, the 10 win seasons, the top five finishes, when that streak ended, it was because he finally got to a point where he could not successfully replace his coordinators. And the last two most prominent coordinators were Mark Ritt and Chuck Amato. And the guys after them just really didn't cut it the way all the guys that kind of went in that turnover. Because because for a while, especially for, I would say, from like the late 80s to late 90s, like Florida State was churning out coordinators the way Alabama does. Because it seems like it seems like every year or two, Saban's replacing coordinators or replacing position coaches. But he's found a way to just keep that thing moving. I don't know if that is this time. But I just find that very, very interesting. Um, I think right now it sets up well for Bama just because I don't think there's a team in the West whose roster is as good as theirs. Now, and, and, and teams that have decent rosters, they have questions in those critical places. Like LSU is a year away. Um, I Kelly needs two recruiting classes. Their win against Bama last year is just a testament to Brian Kelly as a coach. And, you know, not that I don't think Marcus Freeman will be successful, but I think people are going to look back at Brian Kelly at Notre Dame and see how much more they should have appreciated him while he was there because the man can coach. Um, You know, I, I don't, I don't think A&M, A&M, Who's going to play quarterback for AM? It'll is it going to be Connor Wegman? Is he the guy? How what's his learning curve? Mm-hmm. How how was this Bobby Petrino Jimbo fit? Can we just put a camera everywhere and just follow them for a whole season? Yeah, but like, not tell them, not tell them because I need to hit them cussing at each other. Like but, I I, I want to see what I want to see. Um, how Jimbo handled this offseason. That's my that's my biggest. Yeah. They, they, and, and the thing is, people, I think people make a little too much of the number of recruits that they lost because most of those guys didn't play. Mm-hmm. They weren't key contributors. Um, so, I, so I think that sets up for Alabama to win the West again. So now the only question I think you have is, can they win the West and make it to the SEC championship game and get boat raced by Georgia and only have one loss? Mm-hmm. That's the only that's the question you have because I don't I don't think they're better than Georgia. They have far too many questions that they need to be able to answer uh going into the season. And I think legit, this is probably the first season that you can sit back and say, Man, Alabama's got some legitimate questions they need to answer. A, a lot of questions. Like like you say, they're replacing nine defensive starters. At one one in which is you know Will Anderson, who was a, a monster within himself. But one thing I can say about Alabama, and this is you know knowing the game and, and watching the game, mm-hmm. Alabama got guys that's ready to play right now. <clears throat> Alabama is a team that they have five stars ready. On that bench, and and I think what Coach Steele is going to do with that defense, I think there'll be a, a there, there will be a top five defense. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I don't know what the offense will look like because they're losing a couple of key pieces on yeah. offense as well. But I don't know what the offense is going to look like, you know, up under, you know, the new D, the new OC. I think Tamarisi is going to bring in that 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 hit you in the mouth. We're gonna we're gonna score twenty eight points and let our defense uh, do the rest. Mm-hmm. But how would that stand up against Georgia, whose defense is going to be still probably number one in the country again? And now you bring in Mike Bobo with the with the offense that yes they lost a couple of pieces, but they still got some pieces coming in from the transfer portal that are very dangerous. And Mike Bobo, when he was there, Georgia defense, Georgia offense wasn't a slack offense. It was a, a, a great quality offense. And, and he and he'll have a better quarterback. A, a so, way better quarterback. Yeah, so so, like, so don't don't talk about don't talk about uh faded up Stetson Bennett. Don't don't listen. Don't don't besmirch the good name of I went to the hood barbershop Stetson Bennett. Man, I Stequavius. listen. Call him Stay Quavius, man. Listen, stay when when I saw him. Sitting next to Lad, I'm like, oh, they both blended up. I'll say it's a wrap, y'all. <laughs> no, 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 for whole time. No, I knew I knew it was a wrap when Kurt when Kurt, Kirby said these dogs gonna hunt. I'm like, oh Lord, they're in trouble. That's a good question. No, Bama doesn't need a quarterback. That's a great segue, uh, brother Hopkins. They don't need a quarterback. The question is who's gonna play quarterback? Mm-hmm. So they, they, have, got, they have two valuable options, they got three. They got three blue chippers. So you got you got Jalen Milrow, you got Ty Simpson, and you got Eli Holstein. Now Holstein is the freshman. He was he was the we didn't get Arch Manning consolation prize, but he still a, a top high-end quarterback. Milrow did take reps at receiver during the Sugar Bowl practices. And I think I think he got in late at receiver during the game. So it may be Ty Simpson. But here's the thing about Ty. Now, he is not as electric running as Milrow, but he's a legit dual threat. Um, I don't know if he's the passer. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to make this. Co- I'll just make the comp anyway. He's a bigger Drake May. Okay. He can run, like I like I, I when I, I I did my I did an article for Saturday Blitz about Bama, so I watched I watched a lot of uh, huddle highlight films of Ty Simpson, and he's a five star, like he he was a top top five guy coming out of school. So so I think they have someone, and my thing is Tommy Reese is looking at probably looking at Ty Simpson like hmm, well he ain't in book, you know. So 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 he, they they've got they've got options at quarterback. My concern is, and I I've raised this before, man. Who's gonna be the alpha dog receiver? Because yeah. that was the that was the <clears throat> biggest problem last year. These guys couldn't. And I'm like, was it was it scheme? Was it was it inexperience? Because I go back even when like Judy and Ruggs and and, and Devonta Smith were young, you kind of saw. Like, yeah, when these dudes start playing, playing. I mean, Devontae Smith, he caught he caught the game with him pass from two. True freshman. Yeah. So, but I think, but then but see, I think that's what now you get to the cohesion. Because maybe the maybe the receivers are better if the offensive line block better. Mm-hmm. And Bryce had more time. So, but yeah, so you 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 replacing Bryce Jordan Mahomes Young. You don't. You lose both of your top two running backs. One, both of them. I think both of them declared for the league. Yeah, they did. So, so, and although I think running backs a bit easier to replace, that's still a question. But I think at the end of the day, we really are talking about them playing Georgia, mm-hmm. because once again, I, this SEC, with as much hype as it around, high take everybody, this SEC isn't great. So I think it lends itself to Alabama being the best team out west, unless unless Jaden Daniels takes another step at LSU and just, and becomes winner guy and put everybody on his back. I don't see anybody else in that conference being able to do that. As much as I love KJ Jefferson, KJ Jefferson ain't got nobody around him. 
and coordinators just keep leaving Arkansas. Um, and Arkansas traditionally is a six to seven win team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know their crossover this year, but yeah, I I think if they can if they can navigate their non-con, kind of get through it undefeated. If they're sitting there with undefeated in the SEC championship game, yeah, they're Alabama. They'll have an opportunity at the playoff. But I don't. But I, but I got to be honest. I don't know how good this Alabama team is going to be next season. True. And, and that's what I was saying with the new coaches coming in. And, and we we spent too much time on Alabama. I don't know why. I don't know how we did that. But <laughs> with the new coordinators coming in, are they going to be able to fully implement their system to where, okay, the first couple of weeks are going to be rough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think defensively it's going to – the transition should be smooth. Because Kevin, I mean, so everybody's multiple up front these days. Mm-hmm. But Kevin Steele's base is three man front, correct? Just like Saban. So, I, so I think that transition will be easier. What, what I think, what where you'll see Alabama maybe take lumps defensively is there's so many young guys that'll be playing, especially and, in the secondary. Yeah, and, and 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 the secondary they got lit up by Tennessee. Um. And I think now we'll we'll see is Dallas Turner legit, or was he the beneficiary of playing opposite Will Anderson? Yeah. Um. So you know. So yeah. They they've got they've got some they've got some questions. You know, as, as far as re- going back to receiver, you know, Jermaine Burton gonna finally do what he was supposed to do when they got him from Georgia, or is it gonna be one of these young guys? So yeah, questions, legit, legit questions. Speaking about quarterback questions and talking about Georgia, let's just go ahead and segue. Who's playing quarterback for Georgia next season? Carson Beck. You think you think I'm 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 leaning towards Beck as well. And here, here's why I say Beck. Beck has been in the system. He's been there. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I think that <clears throat> he's waited his turn. Stead Quavius just was that guy. It was Kirby. Kirby trusted Stetson. Stetson, he didn't overdo anything. He didn't underdo anything. He did just enough. Well, I, I say he, he was above average and, and, and ran the offense because Todd Munkin had it to where it was it, Stetson could do no wrong in that offense. But now with the new coordinator coming in, mm-hmm. And I, I think Bet was there with, when Bobo was there his last mm-hmm. season, if I'm not mistaken. He was. So, 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 I, so they have some familiarity with each other. So I think Beck has the upside. Now, my question is, you got guys like Gunnar Stockton, um, Vandergriff. Are they going to stay? One of them's going in the portal. Who so, do you think is going to the portal? I've, I've extensively thought about this. Cause, cause, maybe, maybe we're on the same page. I'm pretty sure we we might say the same person. I'm so, saying Vandergriff. I would agree, but I don't. But I think it's because if you're Kirby and you don't open it up, and you basically tell you know Carson, you tell Bank, listen, it's your job to lose mm-hmm. in spring. You 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 gotta you gotta convince the younger guy to stay. Yeah. Because um Gunner's what a Gunner's a, either a redshirt freshman or a redshirt. He'll be a redshirt sophomore. No Vandergrift's Vander a redshirt sophomore. Uh-huh. So so my thing is if here's the thing. Beck's a redshirt junior. If he has a good but not great year, he's gonna come back. If I'm Vandergrift as a redshirt sophomore. Man, that's two years. I'm not about to sit and wait when I can go someplace else and play. Mm-hmm. Stockton as a redshirt freshman could. So yeah, so one of them's gonna end up in the portal if if, if Carson Beck's that guy. Now here's the thing, though, man, Vandergriff can spin it. He can. So if if he figure out a way to take that job, I think in that instance he may he may send he may send uh, Carson Beck to the portal. So so here's my question, because if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't 
Gunner started in gray shirt, so he didn't participate in no fall sports or anything. No, he did not. I, I believe I believe you are correct about that. So so if he gray shirted, that means he technically would still have four to five years to, to play mm-hmm. if he red shirt. Exactly. So because I think Vandergrift did not gray shirt, which he came in as a red shirt, so he really would technically only have what three years of eligibility mm-hmm. left. If if Vandergrift do not win the job, he's entering the portal in, in the springtime. I would agree. Come to Florida, please, <laughs> please. Oh, because who 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 playing? I don't know. Quarterback. I, I don't know. And, and here here's something that, that's really bothering my spirit. You know what? I'm finna I'm finna just. I'm excuse me, guys. Please come excuse on. Me. You're on you're on the couch. You're on the trust tree. Listen, bruh. ESPN. What what did y'all watch? Did y'all watch the same University of Florida that, that I watched? Did y'all watch the same University of Florida that the world watch? NFL prospects, recruiters, whatever y'all want to call yourself, did y'all watch the same Anthony Richardson, number 15, that I watched? And y'all saying this man has potential to be the number one overall draft pick? Make, make that make sense. Okay. Please, cause because okay, now I'm gonna put my, I'm gonna put the hat back on. Can he throw it? Yes, he has a cannon. And if I had to compare him to a quarterback, Cam Newton. And he's bigger, faster, Cam Newton. With a better arm. With a better arm. But here's the thing. But he's not ready. He he's not ready. So last week. I hit my top five. I had Richardson ranked fifth. I listened to now when you say fifth as in quarterback or fifth overall. Fifth quarterbacks. Okay, okay, okay. He's my fifth quarterback. Um, which doesn't mean anything. But I was I listened to um the college football draft show that Emory Hunt does with um I can't think of his name, and he and he's the host of the show, but Emory hit Anthony Richardson as his top-rated quarterback prospect. Now, his argument made sense from the perspective of a prospect. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Anthony Richardson is a perfect example of a guy who needs the right situation. And first of all, number one, the Bears have the top pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. I will echo the sentiment of Emory Hunt. If anybody's thinking this. It is unbelievably dumb for the Bears to trade Justin Fields to draft Bryce Young or to draft Anthony Richardson. Because Justin Fields has already proven that he can play. It's obvious to anyone who watched the Bears that the roster's awful. They need to put players around him. Offensive line help. Offensive line help. Number one receiver help. Running back. Uh, he, running back. They decent. It, 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 it's, it's not. It's not no. Oh, the Bears running backs so are this. They they decent. Like they are. They are a. They're a more so of a. Eight hundred yard. You know. Rushing back, yeah. you know, nothing too too much. Oh, 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 I would agree with that. So, so with Richardson, and and I'm trying to think of a team. So, Jeremiah, JT, you help me out with this. That's in a similar situation that like the Chiefs were in when they drafted Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Had Alex Smith. Exactly, they had Alex Smith. Um, I'm gonna tell you if we could, if we could, if you could time warp this, the perfect team would be like the Saints three years ago. For to get who? For for Anthony Richardson because you had Drew Brees on his last legs. He had two decent years left. You could okay. draft him. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now we're speaking of the Saints. Now mm-hmm. we, we have a special guest who's watching the show. Apparently, shouts out to to the to the head honcho. He just sent, he sent me a message saying Cam is six five. Okay, Anthony Richardson still sits four. 
you know, but you speaking of the Saints, the Saints still trash. Shouts out to Ernest Red. <laughs> that. that may be true. That, that's, what, that's what he needs. I, I don't, first of all, when you talk about the draft, <clears throat> there, there are, your hit rate for quarterbacks is higher with guys that have started multiple years, 20 plus starts, than guys with a small sample size like Anthony Richardson. So, you kind of got that. I think if he goes someplace and they want to put him on the field early, I don't see that working. I hope I'm wrong because he he has the tools. He is very similar in my eyes from a, as a prospect to what Trey Lance was year before last in the draft. Hadn't played a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Got all these tools. We don't know if he can play. And he sat behind Garoppolo. We'll see next season if Trey Lance can play. But if Anthony Richardson doesn't get time and doesn't go to an organization that can develop him, then he's going to be another guy who started one year and didn't play well. So another comparison I'm going to make. Now, the perfect scenario for him would be to go and sit behind a veteran quarterback. For example, if Green Bay moves on from – Aaron Rodgers. You have Jordan Love sitting right there. Now Jordan Love wasn't the best quarterback. He he's not he's not my favorite. He's I I don't think he's the the answer to a long term Green Bay future. Is it, a as a he's a stumping a, a stepping ground stumping ground. Could he potentially go to a team such as? I don't know who has a veteran quarterback that he can sit behind. Now I'm thinking about it. Hmm. Hmm. I have one. Detroit. Jerry Goff? No. Come let's on. Sit Jerry, let's sit behind Jerry Goff for you. Jerry, Jerry Goff, you ain't going to the Super Bowl with Jerry Goff. Now, okay, since, since we're going to do it, since we're going to say Jerry Goff, wherever Derek Carr go. Derek Carr is a great professional. But but Derek, Derek Carr is younger than Goff. But he but he's he's been in the league with five years, five, yeah. six years. So he has the, he has uh, the stability. He has the knowledge of the game. I, I would say, I would say now, now keep in mind, I'm, I'm not suggesting this because the veterans go mentor the young guy that don't happen in the league. Um, you can ask Aaron, you can talk to Aaron Rodgers about his relationship with Brett Favre or maybe, maybe the team that Jerry Goff left, maybe the Rams. He, he can sit behind overrated Matthew Stafford. They may they may sign Baker Mayfield to a long term deal for for what? So they can be disappointed. Yeah, most likely they will be disappointed. <laughs> let, let, let me listen. Here's the thing about Baker. He he proved in Cleveland what he needs if you're gonna be successful. You better have a lights out defense and a lights out running game and just straight studs at receiver. If you are expecting Baker Mayfield to win games for you, you're gonna be disappointed. Yeah. But seriously, but, but he does. I think I think I really do. I think he needs to sit behind somebody. He needs to sit for a good three to four years. So, in a perfect world, yes. But I think I think at some point, coaches would ask for quarterbacks. I think after a year, you kind of know, like, okay, yeah, he's got it. Yeah, because because like I look at I look at I I call, I call it the Montana formula. Andy Reid used this when he drafted Donovan McNabb. So you go back to 70, I think 77, 78, when Niners drafted Montana um, in the third round, which A, I, I don't I don't know if 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 one will just roughing is, is, is watching this, but just just know you would not have drafted Montana over Mahomes coming out of school because Montana was a third round pick, Mahomes was a first round pick, anywho. Um, we need to get him on so y'all can debate that. Man, I want to argue with him so bad, but and I love, I love you, Will. Just I do, I love, I love the man. I love arguing with you is great. Um, but they signed Steve DeBerg. Bill Walsh said, "I knew we weren't going anywhere, so we were going to start DeBerg, and we put Montana in, but we put him in situations where we knew he would have success and <clears throat> grow his confidence in live action." Mm-hmm. Philly did the same thing when they drafted McNabb. They had Ty Dittmer. 
They knew they weren't going anywhere that first year. So Ty Detmer started. Donovan would come in 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 moments where he could be successful. And then eventually both guys, you take the starting job. And I think that's kind of what Anthony, that's what Anthony Richardson needs. If, if, if you're going to have, a, you, but you, you, if, if you're gonna, if, if, if you say, okay, because the truth is it's hard to learn how to play quarterback when you're in the NFL. Yeah. Which is what, which is why guys who, and, and the game's different, but the pressure of being a starting quarterback for multiple years helps. Um, I think with him being able to see that live action as a rookie, but not have the burden of carrying the franchise, because he also keep in mind he's young. He, he he's only started one full year, and and I want to say maybe six games. Yeah. So so he's 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 still he's fresh. You know what I'm saying? So I I just. I'm gonna stop hating on bro. Like he's a decent quarterback. Scale of one and ten, I give him an eight and a half. He, he has he has a lot to develop. He has generational, like one of one tools. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he turns out to be a great quarterback. Like like when and and by bigger, like Cam was six five two twenty ish. Richardson like six four two forty. He looked like a defensive end. He's huge. Yeah. And I mean his uh, his upside like when you think about a guy his size, but he can run like Michael Vick, which Anthony Richardson, you should not be that big running past defensive backs. True, and the man can run past. And I mean the arm is tremendous, and and not just not just throwing it far. I mean throwing it between people. He's got he's got the arm talent. But it does. It needs to be developed. And I would be leery. This is why I could never manage a professional football roster because I would be leery just because he hasn't played a lot. Yeah. And and, and that, that's my that's my hold off. Like he, he hasn't shown enough to, to say, okay, he's a top five quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So but look, it only takes one team to love you. You're right. You're right. But and speaking of loving, so this week, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the HBCU combine. Yes. And one kid that has been on my mind, I've watched him work out, Mr. Smith from Florida A&M. Did you see him make that dude fall? Bruh. Did you see that clip? Mr. Xavier Smith, the receiver from FAMU, Isaiah Land. Like, this pool of players coming out of this HBCU class is literally in my eyes one of the best classes I've seen in the past three, four years. The, I I the only fear, not fear is not the right word, but the only thing that may keep Isaiah Land from getting drafted high may be his weight. Because he's a defensive end. Now he did get an opportunity. I believe it's the NFL PA Bowl. He played off ball linebacker and played very well at off ball linebacker. So he's an athlete, but he's an edge rusher. Yeah. So you're not. I, I don't know if you would draft him to play a position he's never played. But I want to say Land is six three six four, but he's like two twenty. So my my question would be, and I, and hopefully HBCU Legacy will lead him to a combine invite. Um, I would want to. I I don't. I wouldn't. If I'm a, if I'm a team scout him at this point, I'm not really so concerned about his measurements because he's been measured. He was measured. He's been measured at every place he's been. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting to see him on the bench press. I need to know how strong he is. Yeah. Because there's a guy who was a little light when he came out of Syracuse by the name of Dwight Freeney. And 
two things. Number and he was short because Dwight Freeman is only like six one, six two. I want to say he was like 235, 240 coming out of Syracuse. But his get off on a snap, and he was, although he wasn't heavy, he was strong. Yeah. <clears throat> so my thing is if he if he's strong, you can draft him, put weight on him, but you can use him situationally. Uh, but he was drafted by the USFL. So you think he should go to USFL and play, or you think he should take his chances in NFL draft? What would you do? The ultimate goal is the NFL. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys who play in the USFL are either four or five years removed. Mm-hmm. It will see how it, that was given the ability to see how he stands up against former pros. But at the same time, the league is very young. And I think with his skill set, getting there now and learning from a a linebacker core or a defensive line core that has a lot of veterans, I think would benefit him more. Because the USFL, they will teach you basic NFL rules, but the NFL can only teach you the NFL. I agree. I I, I thought about it. I, I wonder what information he's getting. Yeah. And, and, like, I, and, here, and here's the thing. He can play for he can play in the USFL and still get signed this season in the NFL. That 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 that's the thing. And the reason I wonder what, what information he's getting, um, the reason I ask that because and I haven't looked at the money. My question would be is it is it more financially lucrative for him? Because I want to say he was like the 11th pick in the USFL draft. Mm-hmm. They drafted him at the top. Is it more lucrative for him to go, go to the USFL, put yourself on tape against pros, rather than continue the draft process? Now, if, if he's hearing, hey, you are top 150 pick, which means you're going somewhere between – you know that means you're going fourth round. Yeah. Then yeah, but if you're if you're hearing later back half of the draft, fifth, sixth round, you know, uh, and 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 I want to say April, like a week or two before the draft is when teams can formally start calling guys and be like, hey, you know what, we like you, um, and, and, and you know we got this pick in the fifth round, and if 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 you're still here, if you're still there here. We'll draft you. That happens all the time. Or we like you, um, but we'll probably we like likely if you don't get drafted, we'll pick you up as a priority free agent. Like, um, and th- and that's it's the difference between that and like when a Quill Glass got invited to mini camp by the Buccaneers. That was basically a tryout. Yeah. And, and my thing is, I think what he decides to do has to be based on what he's hearing. If, if people are saying, hey, you're going to get drafted, then, yeah, go get drafted. Mm-hmm. I would even argue if you're hearing that we like you as a priority free agent. So you've got the tryouts, you've got the undrafted free agents, and you got the priority free agents. Priority free agents, basically, that means there are about four or five teams who want to sign you. And the benefit of being a priority free agent is real simple. I can choose who I want to sign with. Yeah. So I may go to a team who needs some extra pass rush. Let me go there. But do but, you do you think if he if he goes to the USFL, do you think that takes a year off his off his NFL career? Uh I mean only only in terms of 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 the chronology, but I think I I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with and, and and once again, I'm with my man Emory Hunt on this. If if I'm in a situation a, a, as a player where I can go back to college, go to one of these spring leagues because I'm a I'm eligible for the NFL draft. But what I'm hearing is I'm a back half of a draft guy. I'm fifth, sixth round free agent, maybe. 
I can go to these spring and and specifically you look at the XFL. XFL starts after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I can go to the XFL play and technically still be eligible for the draft or be eligible to make a camp because um, the XFL has made the process of getting out of your contract to go to the NFL easy. Yeah. Because that's the because that's the ultimate goal. And it's easy in the X, in the USFL too. I mean, as PJ Walker, PJ Walker was playing in the USFL and then got signed by the Carolina Panthers when Matt Rule took over. So so yeah, in both in both instances, yeah, I, I think so. I, I just think that's very interesting. I'm curious to see how agents kind of navigate these college kids specifically on how to use these spring leagues to their advantage. Yeah. And, and looking at this this HBCU uh, combine roster, it's a lot of cats on here that's really – I would love to see at the NFL combine. Xavier Smith, I would love to see him at the, at the NFL combine. Like, he is he's a receiver that I think could be a game changer. If he runs well, and I think he's one of those guys. So, you, so the process you kind of get if, – if you got to start like – at like the um tropical bowl, which is like one of the first like postseason bowls you have, and it's primarily small school guys. And then you maybe you get you get the call from there to the hula, and it's an NFL PA. Usually you'll get an opportunity to go to the combine. Mm-hmm. I think you want Xavier Smith, you want Isaiah Land. Let me throw in my guy Arby Miller Jr. Who to me he reminds me so much of Sam Mills, um, you know those guys need to these those guys should be invited to the combine. The combine is for those guys. Yeah, and I think if Xavier Smith if he runs, and he runs four four, oh he'll get drafted because he catches everything, everything, and and he's a great route runner. Yes, so if he's if he's got if he's got four four spell oh, he'll get drafted. But here's 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 something I want to discuss real quick, and, and this is gonna be our last little segment. Why would the okay? I, I understand the NFL is power power powering the uh, HBCU combine, mm-hmm. but why not do one big combine? Like like have we not gotten to the point where we understand that some H, people don't understand HBCUs produce great athletes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And and we have some info, some breaking news. He just ran a four four at, at the HBCU combine. Mm. I so, think that that should get that should get him a, an invite to the NFL combine. My thing is is a is a people don't understand. It's a lot of talent that needs to be mm-hmm. seen. And why can't we just do a a one bit combine and have everybody there have the HBCUs compete against the the big names? Because Shannon Sharp. And he, he's the one I always go back to. Bro went to Savannah State and now is a Hall of Famer. Well, you, there, there's it, another... it's, it's, it's a lot of people that people, it's a lot of HBCU people that went to the NFL that's in the Hall of Fame, but yet and still, mm-hmm. we haven't gotten to the point where we can have a, a one big combine. Well, I, it, that doesn't make for a good TV show. True. I mean, that, that's, what, that's what the combine is now. It's a TV show. That's that's why when 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 ESPN and CBS Sports and Fox Sports, when everybody and, and I, I, I would argue that it started with Jadavion Clowney, when that big six seven two hundred and seventy pound booger bear ran a four five, then everyone became enamored with the forty yard dash. So what did they do? They moved a forty yard dash to seven o'clock at night. So you could broadcast it on NFL Network instead of running it in the morning when guys are fresh. These guys sitting around, most of these guys that only go there to run the 40. Now you got them hanging around all day waiting to run so you can put it on TV. That's yeah. why it won't be a compelling TV show. And, and the NFL has the NFL has proven we don't care about nobody's calendar. We in this mug 365, 24-7. So we pushing content and and Y'all love the 40? 40 going on prime time. Hold on, we got some more we got some more uh 
chat's coming in. Let's see here. This is true. That's true. And and I and I, I don't remember the number that the NFL combine is is capped at. And I want to say two hundred, but I, I I'm not sure. Um. But still, like I would just love to see those guys on the stage with you know the power fives, the group of five, the group of six. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to see them on that stage with them because I do think we the HBCU's got the talent for it. Hey, I I would I would love to see Xavier Smith on the one on one drills with um whoever they think the best DB. In college football is. I want to see Aubrey Miller against one of the offensive linemen. Yeah. It, so it just, I, I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I, I won't disagree. So, so uh, 319 prospects have been invited to, to, to the combine. And there are some guys, there are some guys who might get drafted that didn't get combine invites this year. Yeah. Because it's a TV show, it's it's not really about the scouting anymore, and, and and really the guys at the top of the draft, I mean, they they go and get measured like Bryce 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 may go to the combat and just get measured. He's not gonna throw, and he shouldn't, <clears throat> because I wouldn't throw. If you want to see me throwing shorts and a t-shirt, you gonna show you gonna come to Tuscaloosa. And watch me throw to my dudes. Yeah, so so I don't think Bryce's gonna throw. I don't think CJ's gonna throw. I think they can wait the pro days. They, there's not a single quarterback who's projected in the first round that will throw at the NFL Combine. The only the the mo, the only one to do it probably in the last five years was a uh, uh, um, Sunshine Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and that's just because he wanted to go through the. But he knew he was going number one, and we're not gonna change that. And he wanted to experience the fullness of, of the process because he even he even he went to the senior bowl and participated. And so he goes to the combine and participates. So um yeah, but yeah, if you're a quarterback, there's no need for you to throw. Yeah, this is true. Well, guys, you know, as I mentioned to y'all in the beginning of the show, this is gonna be a, just a, a less chat episode. We gave y'all some cooler talking points. And, and just and some other insights that y'all may not thought of, you know what I'm saying? And I couldn't do this show alone. My boy, Professor, I, I appreciate you so much, bro, for holding it down for us because he's a walking right. almanac. Like, college college sports in general. If y'all want to debate, please, I'm putting my money on Professor. <laughs> I'm putting my money on the no, Professor. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. It, it can be a smidge of chaos. Not really, but still. You know what I'm saying? But shouts out to the whole team, man. The MTMV Sports family. Uh, not the same podcast. Uh, the V Report. Sports Talk with C494. The main card. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think we just got our XFL show popping off. Uh, we, 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 we still, we're in the planning stages. So look we're in the planning. Okay, okay, okay. So I, I don't want to rush into it. But yeah, man. This is MVP University. You know what I'm saying? We we talk sports. We talk all things college. As y'all saw at the beginning of the show, we Dibbing into the basketball, we may do a basketball show coming up soon. We don't know. March Madness coming up. Hey, it's gonna get real madness around here. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Diaper Diddy, baby. Dick Vitel. Shouts out to Dick Vitel, man. Hey, listen, I want to thank I want to thank everybody who went to the blog site. My my very first XFL piece. I will say and counting has done over 1100 page views. Um, so I appreciate that so, so much. Uh, please keep going to the blog site. Um, I enjoy doing the pod. I, 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 I consider myself a writer. Um, so uh, yeah, keep, keep doing that. Um, go to SaturdayBliss.com. Um, I got a piece on uh, HBCU players in the XFL um, in both places. Also did my three burning questions about Alabama. Um, and then also uh come I, I got a piece on Isaiah Land and Aubrey Miller taking advantage of the postseason uh, all-star game process. 
Uh, and I'm working on a piece about whether or not fans really want parity in their sport or if they just wish their team was the one winning all the championships. So 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 be on the lookout for that one as well. Yes, sir, man. Hey, we working over here, bro. And, yeah. and we got people in the field at HBCU come out right now. You know what I'm saying? We working. We're not just a, a show that's just going to be on the stream. We're going to be in the field. We're going to give you a good quality content week in and week out, man. So thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of MVP University. I'm your man, MVP JT. That's my main, main man, Professor. We out. Professor, what you about to get ready to do, man? I'm, you know, I, I haven't been on the yard in a minute, so we just got to... Getting ready spring break. Got to get ready for spring break, man. Yes, sir. Like getting ready for spring break. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports.